Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. Everyone, welcome. Thank you for joining us here today in person and online. We are so glad to have you here. Uh, thank you, worship team. Y'all did an amazing job this morning. Um, I want to say uh, thank you uh, for those that are here with us and those that are watching online. Thank you for your prayers for my family, as uh, some of you know, and if you may not know, um, my grandmother, or uh, also founder of our church, uh, passed away to be with the Lord this past weekend, and we appreciate all those who have been praying for us and all that uh, those that have uh, been showing the love that they have had for her and for our family. Uh, we miss her, and uh, I'm reminded, you know, of her. And as I uh, preach in the second service I'm preaching today, I know that. She always used to tell me, good job, keep going. <laughs> and that is definitely what I want to be able to do. If you're here, take your seats. Thank you. Um, last week, um, that is one of the reasons I actually stepped out and we had our uh, brother Donnie speak last Sunday. I just wasn't ready, but um, today... Uh, I'm going to be continuing a theme that I started at the beginning of this month. And I preached a message by the name of These Are Not Mine. And I, I talked about how we as believers oftentimes might pick fights that we're not supposed to. And what should we do? What do we need to do when it comes to our faith and how we fight? And um what does it look like? And that captured my heart, and I felt like God was putting it on my heart to continue this theme. It's not necessarily a series that I'm doing, but it's something that God has placed in my heart. So I saw a, a picture, a meme on Instagram that kind of like inspired the whole idea. And I saw um, it. I wish I had it to share with you guys, but I have since lost it. But it was a picture that said what people think a Christian, being a Christian is like. And it showed someone praying, you know. And that's typically what you might think of being spiritual or religious, of someone who is in prayer and seeking God. And they said what a Christian is actually, what being a Christian is actually like. And... The scene in the second image was that of like a warrior in a coliseum fighting against both a lion and someone else, uh, not lion, tiger. And I looked at that image and I just thought, this, th there's something missing here. Or there's something off here. If we are constantly on uh, on this, uh, in this idea and in this mentality that we are always having to fight 
what it seems like every person we come across, every enemy we might come across. Everyone becomes an enemy. And I, I think about it that way because someone in, in my, my, my seminary years, my Bible school years, told me once, if you look for the devil, you're going to find him. If you look for evil, you're going to find him. You're going to find it under every single rock. And that just kind of reminded me of how like, I grew up in the 90s and it was a time where I feel like everything was evil. Every TV show was evil. Every kid's thing was evil. Every, everyone and everything, every, you just could find evil everywhere you went. And I thought about that and I was like, well, if we're constantly on the lookout for evil, then yeah, we're going to find it. If we're constantly looking for a fight, we're going to find it. We're going to find it. Jesus, when he was being betrayed by Judas, uh, Peter uh, went and cut some guy's ear off. Because Peter was that kind of guy. He was just, think, act in the moment, and ask questions later. And Jesus told him, he said, if you live by the sword, you will die by the sword. If you are always looking for a fight, you're always going to find a fight. You're always going to find a fight. And so I started thinking, is this really what it is to be a Christian? Is it something that's true? Are we always looking for this fight? Are we always in the middle of fighting someone, fighting something why is it that that seems to be our default posture? Because I see a lot of angry Christians constantly yelling about something. Constantly yelling about something. There is a, a, a group that I discovered uh, through TikTok that was called Christians Against Loki. TV show Loki. Uh, Disney, don't sue me. I'm just talking about it. Um, Christians against Loki. And then um, they seemingly thought that they won the fight. It was pretty funny. It was like, our prayers have been answered. The show has ended. I don't know if they watched the end credits because there's a season two coming out. So they didn't win the fight. And so they're fighting against this. And then when they thought they won the fight, the group's name changed to Christians Against the Little Mermaid 2, which is an old movie. Not even recent. And then it changed again to something else. It's like constantly picking fights. I'm like, is this what it is to be a Christian? Why are we supposed to be constantly fighting these fights? Who is it that we're supposed to be fighting? What is our enemy? And so today, that's kind of like the idea I wanted to continue on. Who is the enemy that we're supposed to be fighting? And how is it that we are actually supposed to be fighting these fights? Because I'll, I'll tell you, if I'm always fighting, I feel like I'm going to be exhausted. And maybe that's why there are so many angry Christians. They're just exhausted and tired of everything. And so they're just angry all the time. And people get cranky when they're tired or when they're hungry. They get hangry. So who is our enemy? How do we fight? And what are we called to do? How do we do that better? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. 
tells us about the enemy that we face. It tells us about the enemy we face. And it says this, and I'm reading from the NIV version. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and mighty in his power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. So first of all, we have here the devil. The devil's, We're talking about the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we're going to unpack that a little bit. First of all, the first thing we have to, 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 say, to see and understand here, and I mentioned this in my sermon at the beginning of the month, is that our enemy is not humanity. Our enemy are not other human beings that we come across. You would think that by how a lot of people react and how often uh, they seem to be our targets. We fight against people. We, we argue online. We, we try, people try to pick fights on Facebook. And Facebook's the biggest contender. That's where I always see all of the, the drama, the Christian drama. Twitter is another place. There's always something that someone, people trying to be. And it always seemingly finds a target of a specific person. And then I start to see people who claim to be Christians, claim to be believers, start to immediately speak such hurtful, derogatory, insulting words against another human being. Who they have made their enemy. I know that we, we have enemies, and the Bible tells us that we're going to have people that are not going to like us. Jesus said that. He said, uh, they're not going to like, they don't like me. So, of course, they're not going to like you. But Jesus never went out and made people his enemies. People made Jesus his enemy, but he didn't make enemies of anybody else. He didn't try to go look out for it. And so, so a lot of times we try to make our fight against people. But, it, but the Apostle Paul writes, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against humanity. It's not against your, your neighbor, you know? Maybe they played their music too loud. I got a neighbor across the street from us. Latinos, they party until like 4 o'clock in the morning sometimes. Every other week. <laughs> You get used to it after a while, and it's just like, oh, that's just the, you know, the white noise you fall asleep to. And as a Latino, I know how party, parties can go. They can last for a long time. <laughs> so it's okay. I get it. I understand. I'm not mad about it. I just want to sleep. But we try and make the people like that our enemies. We, 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 we look at people, and we see the one irritating thing or another thing or another thing, and, and everyone is our enemy. That's why there are people out there that are always looking to fight People in customer service and trying to talk to the manager. Where's your manager? Where's your manager? But we don't fight against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against people. 
We're not fighting against people. Because when we fight those kind of fights, we're not fighting the right things. I said in my message to the Spanish service this morning, sometimes we are involved in fights that God is not involved in. We're trying to win fights that God is not trying to win. We're trying to do things that God is not in at all. And what happens is, is when we fight against enemies that are not God, enemies that God is fighting against, when we fight against people, we might think we've crafted the perfect argument. We have all the Bible verses to support us. We have all the moral high ground. And we have defeated our opponent in an argument. Yet all we have actually done is push someone away from who Jesus really is. That's not our fight. Our fight is not people. The Apostle Paul tells us, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, of this broken world. And I was seeing a, a, a theologian, he was talking about this in a video and he said, a lot of times we, we look at that and we make the world our enemy. But we do the same thing that the, verse, the, the, first, the first part of the verse says. We make the world our enemy, but the world that we're looking at is the people. And so we find people to fight. But it tells us here, it's against the rulers and authorities, against the powers of this dark world. This is not like people that are in charge. Yes, people are in charge. Governments are in charge in the world that we live in. But it's more than that. We live in a broken world. So in this broken world, we now face against systems and ways uh, of, of culture and internalized uh, ideals that have created a broken world created the broken world we live in we face against systems that have created injustice for the least of these who will categorize and push against people because of the color of their skin who will categorize and push against people because they come from a nation that is not our own but they will push people out just because they don't have enough money these systems of injustice, this, this broken world that we live in that would hate on those who don't look like it. They would hate on those who don't fit the bill, who aren't what they're looking for. They're not wealthy. They're not white. They're not this. They're not that. And we, so we, we, these are the systems we fight against. Not against people, but against the things that will put itself up that prevent people from reaching Jesus. Because it's not just in governments. These same systems have found their ways into churches as well. And they will push people out just because they don't look like us or talk like us. So we fight against systems of injustice. We fight against sin in the world. But not, not, not other people's sin. So I, I think this is where we get it wrong. Because we need to remember, sin was defeated by Jesus on the cross. Jesus did the work of taking care of the price of sin. So when we will get sin and make, again, a target of people because of sin, we've done the wrong thing again. 
We've made a target of people and not of sin, whom Jesus has already defeated. The Bible tells us to avoid evil, to, to, to walk away from sin, to shun it. And so oftentimes what I have understood and what I have learned is that when we are told to avoid evil, it's not talking about avoiding people who are sinners because that's who we need to talk to about Jesus. That's who we need to be with. That's who Jesus was. He, he was often labeled as his, by his enemies as a friend of sinners. And to him that was a compliment. They said, look at him, this friend of sinners and tax collectors. Because tax collectors always had their own category. They were separate. He says, look at them. Look at him. He's a friend of these people. He's a friend of prostitutes and tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus said, yeah, that's me. Because I came to seek and save the lost. But Jesus already took care of that. Jesus took care of sin in the world. So it's not our job to point out sin. The Apostle Paul wrote one time, it's not my business how the world lives out their lives when they don't know Jesus. It's my business how you live out your lives because you know Jesus. How I live out my life because I know Jesus and I wrestle against sin. So when we fight sin, we first fight the sin that is in ourselves. We shun evil so that we don't fall into doing things that we shouldn't be. And it's not an easy fight. Even the Apostle Paul, who we we put like on this high pedestal, says, yeah, I do the things that I don't want to do and the things that I should do, I don't. I have sin in my life that I am dealing with and working on because I am not perfect. And so, yes, we have that sin. So we fight against the, these systems that oppress and cause injustice. We fight against sin that breaks the world. And we fight against the real spiritual enemy that we also cannot see. We fight against a spiritual enemy that wants God to see God, God's mission fail. God's mission of showing and connecting people to who Jesus is and the love that he has for humanity. This is, that is that spiritual element that we fight against. The spiritual element that would push back and use the systems of this world and use sin in this world to cause us to try and fight the wrong enemies. We end up fighting people that we shouldn't. We end up fighting each other. Christians are always fighting each other. Arguing about stuff that doesn't even matter sometimes. I have talked to people who have been in churches that have split over the color of the carpet over the paint on the wall. This does not matter. But yet, we are finding ourselves in those moments because we have an enemy, a real spiritual enemy, who is pushing against us and will use what he can to fight against us. These, this is our enemy. It's not people. It's not humanity. In, in the opposite of that, in fact, we are called to love humanity we are called to love people regardless of where they come from how they speak how they look how much money they got i mean we would all like a rich friend amen <laughs> take me on your vacations with you i ain't got money so you can pay for me you got enough right we all we all would like stuff like that but but 
regardless of any of that, we are called to love our neighbor. Because Jesus did, Jesus said this. He says, John 13, verse, 34, verse 35, he says, By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you vote for the right political party. No. By this, you will know my, you are my disciples if you win every biblical argument. No. By this, they will know you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another. We are recognized in this world by the fact that we are different because we love. We are recognized as believers, Jesus said, by our love. Not by our, our stances on theological points. Not by politics. Not by how we dress. Not by how we talk. Not by how we, where, where we go to church or what denomination we belong to. No, but we will be recognized by true follow, as, as true followers of Jesus by our love for our neighbors. Our love for one another. That's, that's, what, that's what pushes us apart. That, that's what makes us different from the world that we live in. Not what we believe, not what we stand against, but who we walk with, who we talk with, who we see. Jesus was hated because his life, his everything, the politics that he spoke of, the, the, the religion that he spoke of, the things that he did were all focused and based on that one question, is this in love? Is this in love? Is this in love? We are called to love people. And I know I say this a lot, but I feel like right now it is, is so important for us to continually be reminded of this truth. Because right now we are facing difficulties in this world. We are, this world is in chaos. This world is hurting and broken. My family has suffered a loss, but I know I'm not the only one. I've talked to so many people right now that are facing losses. Losses of family members because of COVID, because of cancer, because of other things. Losses, uh, so much hurt right now. There is so much hurt. What is going on, what, regardless of what you believe uh, politically or whatever, about what is happening in Afghanistan. It is a hurting and broken nation and people. And I have seen churches and people talking and telling us, we need to pray. We need to pray. And yet, sometimes, I, I saw a prayer shared by someone that kind of broke me about the situation. And they shared, they prayed, they, they wrote out their prayer on, you know, on social media and they shared it. And the prayer said, I'm praying for all the believers in Afghanistan. And that's important. You know, that, that's definitely important. But 
to think that just the believers are the ones who are suffering or to pray only specifically for believers misses something because there are so many people suffering because of the situation, not just Christians. Yes, Christians are suffering, and I'm worried about that situation, definitely, because some Christian churches, leaders of house churches, have gotten letters from the Taliban saying, we know where you are. And that's terrifying. But it's not just that. There are people who worked with the U.S. government who are now afraid for their lives. There are people who are just ordinary citizens that don't know what is going to happen, and there is so much that can be done or needs to be done to help rescue people we're living in a world that is broken and hurting right now and it is important for us to remember that we are called to love not just those that look like us or believe like us regardless of faith race ethnicity national lines Regardless of any of that, our hand needs to be extended because the posture, and this is the title of my message actually, the posture of a Christian is not someone who stands ready for battle. The posture of a Christian is someone who stands with hand extended to those who are in need. What is the posture of a follower of Jesus? How do we fight? How do we actually fight this battle? Because if we have an enemy that we're facing, what do we do? What do we do? The first posture that I want to share with you is that a hand extended. So many people, they got their hands, but they, they're ready to fight. It's like I said, we're always, we're always trying to fight someone, always trying to Knock someone out. I saw a TikTok that made me laugh. It's like, you know, I love Jesus. And he said, turn the other cheek. But I also grew up on the hood, so I'm ready to throw hands when, I'm, when time comes. But that's how, we, that's how we feel all the time. We're ready to throw hands. We're ready to fight. But that's closed-handed. We're ready to close our hands to someone else. But the way we really fight, the first posture that we need to have is an extended hand. Because there are so many right now that are on the ground and need help getting up. There are so many people that are suffering right now and they need someone to hold on to. There are so many people right now that need a hand that will reach out to them instead of shut doors, instead of closed hearts, Instead of closed hands. That's who Jesus was. That's who Jesus was. He constantly was interrupted by people who nobody else wanted to deal with. With lepers, with with prostitutes, with people who were caught in sin. Yet every single time, his posture was of a hand extended to say, Come, follow me. Come, walk with me. Because I know what you're going through. I know the suffering. I know the hurting. So here is my hand extended to you. Take it. Walk with me. The second posture is sitting. It's maybe weird, 
to say that, but sitting. Because this is also a way that we love people. Sitting is kind of a passive thing. You know, you don't think about sitting. You just sit down. And unless you're uncomfortable, you don't shift your weight or anything like that. But sitting, to me, as a posture of a follower of Jesus, is a posture that listens. It's a posture that says, I'm here to listen. So many of us are ready to stand up and walk away from situations. So many of us are ready to stand up and share our own opinions about what's going on or what we believe or what we think. We're ready. We stand up ready to do that. But when we find Jesus often in situations where he is expressing love to people, he's sitting. They invite him to his home. He is sitting, reclining. He's chilling, laid back. I'm here with you. I'm listening. I'm here. When he extended, when he was with the woman that they brought, and they said, this woman needs to be stoned, he was stooping. He knelt down. Sitting. Sitting means that we're listening. Sitting means that we're ready to hear. Too many of us want to always be talking and always be right on the side. But sitting says, I'm going to be here to listen to you. I'm going to be the shoulder to cry on. I'm going to be here to mourn with you. I'm going to be here to talk with you. It says, I'm listening and I am here. Because we're always standing, because I always hear that, you know. It's like, stand up, believers. That means we're going somewhere. Sometimes we, sometimes as believers, we're ready to go anywhere else but where the need is right in front of us. So sometimes we need to sit and say, I'm here to listen. I'm here to be ready to, to hear you out what you need. To hear out what God is doing in this moment. Third posture is kneeling. This is, this is uh, of course, to mean prayer. Calling out to God. Praying to God. Because these, th- this is the way we connect. This is the way we connect to our source of spiritual power. When we are fighting a spiritual enemy that we don't, can't see or understand. We don't know what they're doing or anything. This is how we fight, through prayer. We fight these enemies this way. Because God fights those battles for us, and we fight with him when we are in prayer. Prayer is the way we gain wisdom. We ask God for wisdom and what we need of what we don't know, of, of the situations in our life and what to do and how to help people. It's how we gain wisdom through prayer. Prayer, this posture, through this posture is also the way we ourselves grow closer to God. This is how we fight the battle of our own sin. Sitting, kneeling, and hand extended. None of these seem like traditional ways of fighting things. And and yeah, that's true. This is not how people fight. People fight with weapons, with hands. They're ready. They find what they can. 
But we don't fight the way the world fights. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 4 says, For we live in the world, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. You see, because the world fights by trying to win. The world fights dirty. The world fights by, by trying to be right all of the time. The world fights in ways that, of course, make sense to an actual fight. But as believers, these things don't seem to have power. What is a hand extended? What is sitting down? What is kneeling? That doesn't seem like anything, but God says these have the power to demolish divine strongholds that the enemy places over people because you never know by simply sitting with someone what you are doing in the spiritual to knock down walls that the enemy has put up that no one else can get down simply by being there. Simply by opening your heart. You don't know what you are defeating by reaching out your hand to someone who is in need, who no one else will want to talk to. But by reaching out your hand, you reach into the darkness and bring light to a life. You don't know what you can do simply by kneeling and praying. We think that we have to fight like the world does, but we don't. The Bible tells us we fight differently. We are different. We are not the same. We fight ultimately with love. Colossians chapter 3 verses 12 to 17 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. This is our, this is, this is our, this is our weapons. Clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility gentleness, and patience. These are our strategies against the enemy. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone. Brother Julian preached that a, couple we a few weeks back. He said, forgiveness, that is one of our biggest weapons, forgiveness. Forgive as the Lord has forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. In perfect unity. That's where I'm going to stop there. Put on love. Put on love because this is the way we fight. Because our enemy isn't the people. Those are the ones that we have been called to love. Those are the ones that Jesus wants to save. Those are the ones that God wants to them to know Him. He is, they are the ones that He wants to walk with, to bring into His kingdom, because the Word of God says that He would desire none to perish, but that all be saved. This is our mission. This is our work. And it it, it, I know it doesn't seem like what we should be doing, but this is where, how we win. That's how we win. That's what Jesus did to win. When faced with the cross, when faced with enemies, when faced with people who would destroy him, he says, what I do in this moment is give my life. Give who I am. Give forgiveness to those who are crucifying me. 
And through that, through laying down who he was to love those who needed him, he claimed victory over death, over sin, over this world. We don't have to defend God. We don't have to be constantly looking for a fight. God already won that fight. He said, it is finished. The battle is over. Victory is assured. Now what we need to do is preach that good news that Jesus has won. And you can know who he is. That is how we fight in this world. Worship team, I need your help. This is the posture of a follower of Jesus. Someone who will extend their hand in love. Who will kneel in love. Who will sit and love. Who will reach out to the people who need him the most. This is how we fight. It doesn't seem practical. It doesn't seem like what the world wants us to do. It doesn't seem like maybe what we've been taught to do growing up or over our lives as believers. But that is how we win. That is how we win the fights that we are given because we're not fighting a normal fight. We're fighting a fight that has already been won. And that all we have to do is share that good news. Would you stand with me? As we pray today, let's pray that we might put down our fighting hands. We might give a moment to reevaluate what we're doing. Is this what God wants us to do? Are we fighting the fights that God is in? Are we fighting the right enemies? Because we don't want to get people caught in friendly fire. End up defeating people that we're not trying to defeat. Fighting our allies. Our brothers and sisters in Christ. But instead we fight in love. Following the ways of Jesus. Father God, we thank you for your word we thank you for your presence and for those of us here for those around the world and in our nation that are going through a difficult time right now we pray for peace we pray for love we pray for them in this moment we pray that we would be wise God that we would be able to know who we're really fighting. That we would be able to take the posture of a follower of Jesus and extend our hand to those in need. To sit with those that are hurting and to pray with those the way the world does. So teach us, Lord. Teach us. Teach us to walk in the ways of Jesus. To walk in the way of love. To reach 
out to those who you want to save, God. We thank you, God. And as we lift up your name in worship, as we call out to your name, call out to you in worship, God. Change our hearts. enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.